How you doing, folks? This is GOK, episode 63, brought to you May the 1st. It's May Day, 2017. I'm your host. My name is James, and GOK is the personal audio journal of me, James Kennison. Hey, uh, today we're going to be talking about my life plan. Um, and don't get too excited. It's more of a, a random... <laughs> bunch of stuff, but I'm going to share it with you and get your feedback and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but first I want to talk about just some updates. A lot of you guys follow me and, um, you know that I have bipolar depression. And so I wanted to give you some updates on how that's going. Um, first of all, I'm better than I've ever been, um, without being crazy manic, you know, uh, and let me define manic for me, manic is the upside, obviously, that I swing between my two polars. Uh, I have type 2 bipolar, so that means I spend most of my time down. But sometimes the medicine that I take, um, and right now I'm in a state of flux with medicine. I'm ramping up uh, a new kind of stuff, and I quit two kinds that were... uh, causing me to be sedated a lot. Um, But for me, manic is when I get overstimulated, I get really excited, very happy, very creative, very ready to take on the world, going to start seven podcasts. I'm going to do all kinds of awesome stuff. And uh, But ultimately, my senses are heightened to Spider-Man type (laughs) levels. And I start to feel every single thing that happens to me and I start to not sleep and I wake up at 4 a.m. and ready for the day and it's just not sustainable. And that's when I realize that my medication is too much and then it's time to switch out to something else. And um, that's where I'm at right now. It's been a very long process of ramping up from 0.5 milligrams to one milligram to two and now I'm on three. So far, it seems to be doing really well. Um, I'm not manic. It hasn't triggered any anxiety. Um, it's the only downside so far is that I seem to have restless legs. And any of you out there that have that, you know, it's an annoying thing. If you don't know what it is, it's basically the feeling that you need to move your legs. And, uh, I find myself doing it just passively throughout the day. I don't even It's not the worst restless leg I've ever had. Um, Sometimes in the middle of the night, I'll wake up and I just can't stay still. I can't sleep. It's just a a thing where I feel like I need to fidget. It's definitely not bad enough to bring it up as an issue to my doctor. Um, I would rather fidget a little bit and be, you know, normal, a.k.a. even, uh, than the... (laughs) then go, you know, for another long ramp up from another medication only to find out that it has different side effects that are more annoying. So, um, luckily though, I do seem to be able to fall asleep while I'm fidgeting, which is, which is neat. Um, it means however, that I have been until very recently sleeping separate, um, from my spouse. Um, luckily though, what we did recently is we bought, uh, we replaced our king size mattress with two extra long twin mattresses. And I'm going to tell you, I am a firm believer in this. Uh, we still share the same, um, you know, 
box springs, but these two mattresses have about a half an inch to an inch between them. We each have our own covers. Uh, it, it, you might say it's an old person fix, but I went to my sister's house and visited her. Turns out she's done the same thing, mostly because she has to sleep with the bed slightly elevated. So she's able to do that um, with her husband not having to do that. But for us, it's just a matter of tossing and turning and squirming, waking each other up. Now we don't do that. And it's awesome. I can come to bed late. She can come to bed late, get up early, and and the bed doesn't move. It doesn't disturb the other person. <clears throat> I highly suggest. Now, it's not any cheaper. It, it may even be a little bit more expensive, um, if, if not exactly the same, than buying a king-size mattress. But, man, oh, it's worth it. And if you were a person that wanted two different kinds of, you know, sleep and you didn't want to buy a, a $10 million sleep number bed, then um, that might be your thing. But anyway, <clears throat> off, the, off the topic there. Uh, anyway, I'm in a good place. I'm pretty happy. I'm not manic. Um, sometimes I wish I was a little bit more with it. My, I, I have medicine that I take that helps me sleep. Unfortunately, I've found that it helps me sleep all day. <laughs> it's supposed to work for about eight hours, and it ends up working for about 16. I took it this weekend thinking I'd kind of forgotten how bad it was, how sedating it was during the day, and I pretty much wasted my entire Sunday feeling, you know, just like a bump on a log all day. So I'm done with that. I'm not, I'm not doing that. I would rather be up in the middle of the night a little bit and be sleepy during the day like it was today, um, but still be able to be active. And that's the difference between being tired and being sedated. When you're tired, you can ignore that. You can work through it. You can get up, drink some caffeine, go on about your business. But when you're sedated, you can't. You can't ignore it. It never goes away. It's it's not something you can just you know play off or work through. And I can't handle that. So any medication that does that, I can't handle it. Now, back when I was depressed and sleeping was an escape and it was a way to not feel depressed, I didn't care. I didn't even notice that I was sedated because, you know, it kept it, it was just part of healing. Um, I, I considered it a personal victory. And, and again, this was very recently, like in the last six months, um, when I when I noticed that I was being sedated and I didn't want to be anymore and it was time to, to move on. Um, Matter of fact, I've said it this way, that it, I used to feel like I was a depressed person inside a normal body. And that was a terrible thing because I was like, there's nothing wrong with me except for what's wrong in my head. And it's not even real. And that used to just eat my lunch. Now I feel like I'm a normal person most of the time inside of a body that's being affected a little bit too much by different medications, which is why I'm switching things up and I'm not going to stop until I'm in a place where... I am uh, balanced out, and I, I really think that this is going to be uh, a place now where I'm going to be able to sustain this for quite a while. Um, medicines do have to be changed because you build up resistances or you require a little bit more of it, and then you you know develop side effects. It is a mess, but it is the way to make it through this for me. Um, I've met other people that say they don't need medicine. They don't need um you know, they have a spiritual solution or a, a natural solution, and that's great. That's fine. Um, you know my stance on it. I warn people against, um, I mean, there's nothing wrong with trying to find a spiritual solution for your problem. 
except that it's not a spiritual problem. And um, I don't know. I say it this way. There were, there were two kids running home because they were late. Uh, and they needed to get there or their mom was going to spank them. So it's a little boy and a little girl running home. The little boy drops to his knees. The little girl's like, what are you doing? He says, I'm praying that uh, we're going to make it home on time so we won't get a spanking. And she says, okay. He says, you need to pray too. And she says, I will, but I'm going to pray and run. And that's kind of the way I am about depression is, is, you know, seek a spiritual or a natural solution. But for me, and I believe for a lot of people with this kind of depression, you need to, to also run. You need to pray <laughs> and you need to run. Uh, my wife also says this way. She says, if it was purely a spiritual issue, why would the medication work? That's a pretty good point if you think about it. Why would the medication work? I was raised in a house uh, for at least a part of the time my family believed that if you pray, you didn't take medicine. You didn't take Tylenol for a headache. You prayed. And if you took medicine after you prayed, that that was a sign that you didn't really meant what you prayed, that you didn't really believe in your heart, that God was going to heal you. And even as a kid, I was kind of scratching my head saying, but we have Tylenol. I, I you know, praying's fine, but common sense also comes into play. And so I do, you know, I'm doing both. I'm believing that God has a plan, that he wants to uh, get me through this. I don't believe he caused it. I believe he, you know, is is ready on the other end of this to do some great things. Uh, but in the meantime, we we got to get through this, and we're getting through this through medication. I don't know. I know I don't need to explain myself to you, but maybe there's somebody out there that's struggling because um, going and getting you know help is hard. I know there's at least one individual that listens to this show, and he he recently expressed how um, anxiety has been a part of his life and how medicine. Um, you know, getting medicine for that is stressful <laughs> and he's absolutely right. I remember my first time going to a psychiatrist, I was absolutely devastated. I was embarrassed. I was hurt. I sat there for the first 12 weeks, you know, um, in the waiting room with my eyes shut tight, just in tears because I was so embarrassed that I was even there, but I was so desperate. And that's what I told him. I'm like, yeah, I know it is stressful and it is humiliating and, and all that kind of stuff and defeating. But when it becomes, when your depression or your anxiety uh, becomes such a huge problem, you do what you have to do. And uh, that's where I was and am and will continue to be until this thing is either past or manageable. And uh, so I'm hopeful. I'm very hopeful. I'm looking forward to it. I just want to get to a point where I'm not tired during the day. Today I was tired. I did get up. I was able to, you know, um, get up and do what I was supposed to do. I got a battery for my truck. Um, I went and, and scheduled uh, to get a uh, inspection done on it so I can get the title transferred. And 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 if you want to know what kind of truck I have, <laughs> I have an 08 Honda, uh, Honda, an 08 Ford Ranger. And those of you that know that I love uh, uh, Buzz Lightyear, you'll know that I love Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> and my my car, my main driver, which is a, a Kia Soul, it's it's green. My 
my bumper my bumper sticker my license plate says buz lightyear and it's really really cool and i have two little alien guys hanging from my rearview mirror just like the pizza planet truck had <clears throat> and on the back i have a big giant space ranger sticker that i created and then had cut vinyl cut and and placed all the way across the back window it's really really cool and really fun to drive around, I get lots of thumbs up and, you know, kids, uh, parents pointing their kids to it, you know, that kind of stuff. Well, not pointing their whole child, pointing to their kids, pointing to my car for their kids, not pointing to their kids for my car. But I said all that to say that my Ranger, I want a way to, to you know, personalize it. And um, it's gray. Did I mention it was gray? You know who else is gray? Buzz Lightyear is gray. Also, I, I can take the back window and get another, you know, symbol cut and put that on there. That would be really cool. Uh, but lastly, it is a Ford Ranger, and it says Ranger right on the side. And if you haven't guessed yet, what I would do is is I would try to mimic the same font and maybe even get it 3D made with Chrome. I don't know. if I'm sure there's a place out there that does that. And I could put the word space over the word Ranger. And it would say Space Ranger. And my wife will roll her eyes every time she sees it. <laughs> but how cool would that be? It just says Space Ranger. Everybody would, it would just be awesome. And maybe I could get a custom license plate. Custom license plates are very cheap in Missouri. So it's not like a vanity plate. I mean, that's what they call it. But it's not like hundreds of dollars. I think it's like 15 bucks. It's crazy. I don't know why everybody doesn't do it. It's amazing. It's so fun. Um, one thing I have noticed is I have to be careful when I'm driving because I'm very memorable now. And they'll be like, that Buzz Lightyear guy, we need to, you know, shake his car. I don't know what shaking the car would look like, but I meant to say key his car. Maybe that's what they say. I don't know. People that key cars. All right. So now you're all updated on my depression, which is, you know, why you tune in. It's it's entertaining, right? Uh, let's do some MMDs, some May My Days. Jenna, my daughter. She's been writing, which in and of itself makes my day because the girl is really good at it. I wish I had what she had written with me now that I'm thinking about it because you would be impressed. I, I'm a dad. I'm going to be impressed. But um, it's impressive what she came up with, this this story. And I don't even want to spoil it. Maybe next time I'll remember to bring it in and, and read it to you. But just the introduction is I was compelled or inspired or interested or intrigued, whatever the word is there, you get me. Um, it was awesome, but <laughs> the girl is 12. And though she has ideas about how someone is arrested and how they're put in jail, it's all based on her experience. And she has absolutely none, thank God, with the legal system and, and what it means to be arrested and put in a car. And, you know, if she has a reference, it's from movies and television shows. So, you know, she talks about getting arrested, but she doesn't mention reading rights. She doesn't mention getting handcuffs, getting, you know, having their head ducked down. So just details and minutiae, things like that. Uh, but what was hilarious for me and what made me smile, and I never told her, didn't tell her, because you can't tell them even when you're smiling why you're smiling. And you can't even let them know you're smiling sometimes. And this was definitely one of those moments. She's talking uh, about the phone call, you know, give me my phone call. This kid gets arrested and he calls his twin brother 
and uh, he's on the phone with him, and the conversation doesn't go the way the kid wanted. And instead of saying she, he slammed the phone down or something like that, she went from her reference because she doesn't know anything about analog phones. So she says literally, he slammed his finger down on the decline button, <laughs> which immediately I realized she was describing the, the iPhone, you know, or any of those phones. When a call comes in and you don't want it, you reject, you hit the reject button. <laughs> which isn't even really a button. Um, but even on her little flip phone that she has, a uh, little $30 flip phone, she she has to hit, you know, the reject button to, to cancel the call. So anyway, that was awesome to me. It's just a totally different world that those kids are growing up in these days. Uh, also, another MMD is Jenna and I, my podcast kid, started a brand new podcast. It's called uh, Red School Bus. We recorded our first episode Saturday night, and that's when we're going to be recording on Saturday nights. And basically, it is that story show, nobody's listening, for tweens and teens. And it's a lot of fun. We tell the funny life stories, really focusing on the homeschool, middle school kind of thing that really uh, came to life, uh, came into a life of its own on uh, that story show. And so it's a lot of fun, poking fun. But it's it's if if that story show is is an edgy sort of clean, this one's definitely family friendly sort of clean um, because my daughter is there and nobody's, uh, you know, the, the envelope is not pushed very far. That's for sure. So I would love for you to check it out. The The URL is uh, schoolbus.red, just like it sounds, R-E-D. Um, I was able to get that and it was cheap. So... I thought I'd have a little fun with the URL and try something besides the .com. Schoolbus.red. It's going to be in iTunes here shortly. There's some issues. Something about the feed was submitted in advance, which I don't know how that's possible. I'm working with iTunes, uh, Help Desk, Podcast Connect to get things going right uh, in iTunes. But in the meantime, you can go to schoolbus.red and you can um, subscribe manually in your podcaster or in even in iTunes by manually plugging in a feed that you can get right there. Also, we're on Facebook. So look up Red School Bus and and like the page for updates and things like that. All right. So yeah, MMD is definitely getting back into podcasting and doing a real show. Uh, not that this isn't a real show, but you know what I mean? I mean, there's no sound effects here. There's no transitions. There's no co-host. There's no, you know, back and forth as much anyway. So uh, let's talk about our main topic, and that is my life plan. Every now and then I get fidgety, and I get tired of the way things are, and I sit down and I write up a bullet list. And maybe you do this. you just like, oh, i got to have a focus. And my life has not had a focus for a while. Well, if it has, it's been in, in inner focus because I love my family, and I'm always, you know, they're always the center of my heart. But lately, the best thing for my family has been to take care of me and to get myself straightened out. And so I have been the, the central focus because the more I focus on me, the more I take care of myself and get, you know, the medication I need, the support I need, the help I need, the, the better I am for them. Um, you know, I mean, it, may, it just makes sense if you uh, the, the focus, the center focus of me taking my kids to school is not my car. Uh, 
or it or it is my car if you think about it it is my car my car it's not taking them to school and getting them there that is important but the center of it should be the the well-being of my car because if my car is not fo- you know doing well then i can't get them to school you get my point i have to take care of me for now but i'm getting kind of beyond that and it is time to find out okay where's my life going now everything i did is gone um everything i was is wrecked so where do we go from here and i sat down and i wrote out some stuff i started with a bucket list you have one of those i didn't i just had a list of things in my head that i wanted to do i i don't like the bucket list concept because everybody does it and i'm just kind of weird about stuff like that but i did it anyway so here is what i have on my list and um, it starts with this. Take the family to London and to Ireland. And I guess I just mean the UK in general because I've been to Ireland and it was a lot of fun. And I want to take my family to a holiday park and and not do the typical touristy stuff. I guess everybody says that. But uh, this would be in and around Cork, Ireland. It's a city down in southern Ireland. I don't know the difference between Northern Ireland and Southern Ireland, except that there are two of them. So we would go to the bottom side. <clears throat> and then um, I want to take them to London or, or the UK and and tour some spots that have to do with Harry Potter, um, some locations that have to do with Doctor Who. There's also a museum there that has a lot of props from the movie. Like it's an official Harry Potter uh, experience, and I would love to do that with them. Um, I also want to take my kids to the Grand Canyon. I, I, I'm terrible, but I wasn't all that impressed with Grand Canyon. And and the reason why is because we went and we just kind of looked at it and it was huge and it was impressive and it was deep and all that kind of stuff. But it was so stagnant, meaning still that it looked like a giant painting, like a matte painting. And I've seen that on TV. I guess it would be different if I was flying through it you know, in a helicopter or if we had been able to go down on the donkeys or whatever. Um, but we didn't have time and it wasn't, you know, what we were there for. We were just kind of passing through and say, Hey, let's go do, you know, go see Grand Canyon. So we did that, but I'd really like to take my family there and do it right. Maybe do some camping or something like that. I don't know. We don't have a one dab of camping equipment, but, um, maybe we could borrow some and do something like that. Uh, especially now that I have a truck because, it seats three people and I have four people in my family. Never mind. All right. I also want to see Mount Rushmore. I, I've heard it's smaller than you expect it to be and all this kind of stuff, but I've always really liked it as a sculpture. And I would just love to see this mega giant Mount Rushmore sculpture. And if they have a way to get closer to it, I would love to pay extra and go see that. And then lastly, I think I already mentioned it, the Harry Potter Museum. I want to see that. I think it would be awesome. Um, I would love to go to a Comic-Con. Like the Comic-Con, um, because uh, some friends of mine went and they took their kids and it seems like a totally different kind of environment than what Dragon Con has become, which is like a big perv show. Um, I love cosplay. I love characters and getting photos taken with people that have spent a ton of time and passion on their on their stuff. But Dragon Con has this sect of people that are there, in my opinion, just to poison the place with nudity and uh, just pushing that envelope, and I don't like that. I couldn't take my family to that, but I've seen people take their family to Comic-Con, and I'm sure Comic-Con's got some of that too, but it just seems to be, from the outside anyway, a lot more wholesome and a little bit more uh, of a geek thing rather than 
a pervert thing. So <laughs> is there anything else that I should put on my list? What's on your list? I would love to hear from you. I really would. Uh, email me at james at nlcast.com. I love getting messages from you guys on Facebook and stuff. But if you want to be um, f- for sure that I won't forget to mention you on the show, email is the best way. Okay. You can hit me up anywhere. But as far as, uh, you know, social media goes, I'm still old school. An email helps me to remember to get you mentioned on the show. Uh, some more stuff. That was just my bucket list. My life plan, the thing I want to do, um, I wrote down podcasting. What do I want to do in my life? I want to podcast again. I want to get back into it. And I listed out some of the shows. GOK, of course, I'm doing now. Red School Bus, I'm actually doing. So, you know, things are moving in the right direction. I would love to reboot and restart or just begin recording episodes for that story show again. I miss Christian. I miss John in that order. I'm just kidding. Um, I want a podcast again. I miss the listeners. I miss sharing stories. I love podcasting. And I've explained why I haven't been able to do it recently, but I really want to get back into it. The problem is I've been manic in the past and I don't ever know when I'm manic until it gets just extreme. Like I mentioned where it's unsustainable, but the last time I wanted a podcast, I, I emailed Christian. I emailed John. I'm like, Oh, I want to do this. Would you guys be interested? And then I haven't even responded. I need to email him tonight actually and say, Hey, Hey, this is what we're doing. This is where I'm at. This is what we're not doing yet. Um, and Red School Bus is not a replacement for that story show. I know they got to be thinking that, and I haven't addressed it, and I need to. So I'll be doing that tonight. Uh, but I'd love to start that story show again. Uh, movie Beatdown is something that I miss. I would love to do it. It might be retooled a little bit, because originally Movie Beatdown was about the the, the beats. And I, I love that, and I want to continue to do that. But I really want to personalize it a little bit more now that I understand where the beats are and I don't struggle as much to find them. It would be less about where they are and more about were they done correctly? Were they there? How did it contribute to this to the movie? Um, what what parts could have been done better? And just really critique it because the name movie beatdown, if I were to listen to that show, I wouldn't get the pun and realize it's about the beats. I would get that this is a show that is going to tear apart and reassemble uh, our favorite movies. And that's what geeks love to do anyway. So I'd love to do that again. Um, I wrote down, secondly, making money doing what I love. I don't have a job right now. I don't make money outside of what is uh, given currently through GOK. And so I would love to generate a living through podcasting, um, public speaking, possibly, uh, you know, maybe going to church. It wouldn't be my main uh, focus to make money doing this. My main focus talking uh, at churches, possibly about depression. It would be to open people's minds and hearts about it. The two times that I've done it, it's been very successful. But typically they give you a little something, something um, after you're done. And that w- I would definitely wouldn't, you know, turn that down, <laughs> especially since I don't have an income. But that would be a way for me to contribute to my family through public speaking. I've also had this idea in the back of my head of doing some sort of stand-up comedy. And I'm scared to death of it. I think I would bomb horribly. Podcasting has built my, um, my what is it, my confidence a little bit. Um, I am not funny on a massive, like, Brian Regan level. 
but I feel like I'm funny on a, on a church level, <laughs> you know, like church comedian, I could do that. And, uh, you know what I'm talking about? I'm not mainstream. I would be a niche. I would be only liked by certain kind of people that love certain kind of jokes, you know, maybe a little bit childish humor, a little bit potty humor, um, stuff like we do on the show. But uh, I would love to to investigate doing something like that. Maybe stand-up comedy for kids and, and families. I don't know. You know, like Raffi. Have you ever heard of Raffi? 20, 20, 30 years ago, he was singing Baby Beluga in the Deep Blue Sea and Down by the Bay where the watermelons grow. You know, he he's a musician that – musicians for children. What about comedy? Uh, my friend Mark Malkoff, my internet friend Mark Malkoff, he does – a comedy, like a, I guess a, a variety show for children. It's like a Saturday night, not Saturday night live. It's like a, like a David Letterman style show for kids and families. He brings in guests. He does comedy. He probably sings songs and all kinds of stuff too. I'd love to do something like that. I don't know. I don't know. But when I get back to myself, that's the kind of stuff I want to do. I remember when I was a children's pastor and I was working nine to five, like you do and beyond. Um, I, in the back of my head would, you know, would, would dream about having the time to do some of the things I wanted to do and, and love to do, you know, artwork, um, podcasting, speaking, um, you know, entertaining. And now I'm in that position and I'm screwed up just enough to where, it's not, it's not as good as, as it could be. So I'm looking forward to the possibility of, of investigating some of that stuff. I'd love to hear your feedback, especially, uh, I'm pretty secure about my podcasting, pretty secure about public speaking as far as churches go. Uh, I am a minister after all, but, um, but doing stand up comedy, I don't know. I don't know. I just love to hear your feedback. James at NLCast.com. Or hit me up with stuff like that on Facebook. I don't mind at all. Uh, especially if you want to have a conversation. That'd be good. Um, but also I'd love to do more projects. I love woodworking. I love creating things. I recently carved and created. And I'm holding him right here. A marionette. A Buzz Lightyear marionette. And he's made out of basswood. And um, he turned out pretty good. I still need to to paint him. I have a few more little carves carving details to figure out like his, like his face. I want to perfect that his eyes a little bit more. It's very hard to do facial features in wood. At least it is for me, but I want to, I want to finish that up a little bit. I want to paint him. I want to string him and then I'll, you know, post some pictures and, and things like that. But, uh, I'd love to do more projects around the house. I recently completed a set of shelves that were, um, you know, to display more of my, my buzz collection and that went really good. Maybe I'll post a picture of that. Um, but it, I have this time. I'm, I'm a stay-at-home dad. The kids are gone. Um, I'd love to do more of that kind of stuff. Making money, possibly doing projects for other people. Um, I don't know. Um, I'm also in the city. I'm in the city in St. Louis, and that means there's hipsters and maker culture and, and all that kind of stuff. There's a place down on Cherokee Street that's advertising for a craftsman. And I don't know exactly what that means, but they've needed enough to have made a huge banner all the way across the bottom of their window. And, and I, I keep thinking I need to pursue that. My, my fear is, and the reason I have it is the consistency issue. I don't want to get to the point. I'm almost there, but 
I'm not at the point yet where I trust where I'm at enough. I've been through this procedure with medication and my moods enough to know that, first of all, I don't know where I'm, when I'm manic until I go crazy. And also, when that happens, I kind of reset back to zero for a certain amount of time. And I don't want to go in there and impress people and get the job and then not be able to perform. So, you know, I don't know. That's why I like podcasting because I could be off all week <laughs> and all I have to be is on for like an hour and I could, you know, produce an income for my family. So anyway, uh, another thing I want to do is get back into some sort of ministry. And that means helping my friend David, who is the pastor of our, our little church, um, helping him more in a ministry capacity. I help him as a friend. You know, I, I do projects here and there for him. I cut things out of wood. I paint things. I, I go with him and do things here and there, but I don't hang out with him on a daily basis like a job and help him with his ministry. And that's one of the reasons we moved here. And I would love to uh, go that direction. And that's probably the easiest out of all the things I've mentioned to get started but even beyond that, just hanging out with him and being there while he does things and supporting him, um, I I possibly could do other things. Like he right now has passed uh, our services, our Sunday services on to uh, an associate kind of pastor guy uh, and his wife to do to lead a, a series so that he can hang out with the kids and do some stuff with them. So we don't have a kids guy. And I'm a kid's guy. I mean, that's what I did. I don't know if I'm going to get back into that, but I wrote it down that maybe I could help him out with kids. Maybe I could help him out with youth. The only problem is, is it's isolating and I need the people right now. I need to, to feed as they say. So we'll see. Um, the, the other thing I want to be is good with God. Now this might curl your hairs a little bit, but I believe in God and I believe in Jesus. I just don't know what I believe about them. Um, I, I believe if I died right now, I would go to heaven. I believe that God is cool where we're at. Um, but like God is, um, he's, he's looking forward to me moving forward. Um, uh, I'm looking forward to me moving forward, but, um, anybody that's listened to the show, uh, past a few episodes back has heard that I'm kind of in a limbo, not a limbo. I'm in a standstill with my relationship, um, where, I worked really, really, really hard to impress God for a lot of years. And when this thing happened, I feel like I'm in a place now where I'm waiting for God to impress me. And I said, that's going to curl your hair if, if you don't understand me and know where I'm coming from. I'm, I'm not sitting around going, God, you know, you, you need to impress me. I'm waiting for him to court me, I'm waiting for him to hit on me, for lack of a better phrase, to help you understand what I'm talking about. I want to feel wanted. And, um, I think that's going to happen, but I want my relationship with God to be stress-free. I want it to be natural. I want it to be real. I don't want it works-based. I don't want it, um, based on me constantly apologizing for being a human being. Uh, I believe in asking forgiveness. I believe in prayer and all those kinds of things, but I don't want it to be like it was where I was constantly apologizing um, and feeling guilty and not praying and not approaching him because of the different things that I felt like I'd done wrong. I don't know, this small group thing that we're doing or, or this series we're doing in, in our church, uh, which is a small group, basically, uh, 
it's by Andy Stanley. It's called Starting Point, and it's it's been really good. It's it's for rebooting your faith, or or for seekers who are who are actively looking into the claims of Jesus Christ and who He is and all this. But he talked about a situation with his daughter, and he said, you know, he was in the room, uh, the other room, and he heard all this glass start to fall, and it continued to break, and it continued to break, and he's like, what is going on? He runs in there. And his daughter is standing in a sea of glass, barefoot. She's got little trickles of blood coming down her legs. And she's like, Dad, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And in the story, he says, I told her, good for you. You did this to yourself. I'm not helping you. You stand there and you figure your own way out of it. And he said, I turned around and left. And people immediately started laughing. They know the guy. They know him as a father and as a minister. He would never do such a thing. And he says, no, I didn't do that. But that's what we think God is like. We think, he says, you made this mess, you fix it up, and then you come talk to me. Um, But he says, I'm a father, and you know how gracious I would be in that situation, and that's what I actually did. He says, I scooted the glass apart, I walked across most of it, I picked her up, I carried her to safety, I I patched. He said it took seven Band-Aids, but no stitches, to clean her up. And then I went to the mess, and I didn't even know where to start, but I cleaned it up. And he says, if you believe that about me, that's why you laughed, is you knew that I wouldn't be that way, that I had more grace than that. But then you think that God doesn't have as much as that. You think that I am more gracious than God would be. You think I am more good than God is. You think I'm more godly than God is if you believe that he wouldn't do the same thing. And that's what I'm talking about. Rather than constantly apologizing for being human, being able to see God as a father. And to see him as someone that even if I did something on purpose, that he would be there to love me unconditionally and to save me and to bring me out of it, even in spite of myself. That's the God I want to serve. That's the one that I want to submit my life to. And that's the one that is worth waiting for. So um, that's the one I will submit to. And that's the word. That's the key word is I need to submit to him. I need to give up everything I want, everything I need. And, but here's the thing you say, well, that's contradictory, James. And it is, it sounds very much contradictory. I hear it. I hear it. I know. But here's the thing, Thomas, doubting Thomas, good old Thomas. I relate to him because homeboy missed out. He was not there when everybody got to see Jesus. And when they told him about it, he says, I don't believe it. And I, and I will, when I can stick my fingers in his guts and poke my fingers through the holes in his in his wrists. Very graphic, very untasteful. But he he claimed that he needed something. And if you really think about it, people give him a hard time. But was he really asking for much more than what the other people had had? Because we assume, you know, because Jesus says, blessed are those that believe and haven't seen. But I got news for you. He's not talking about Thomas. He's talking about us. He's blessing us because we believe and we haven't seen because everybody in that room had seen Jesus. He's not talking about them and comparing and contrasting. He is saying that about us. He's not saying about the people in the room. Thomas just wanted what they had. And Jesus came to him and said, here I am. Do this. Poke your fingers in me. If you need to put your hand in my side. And and in spite of all of the paintings that have been done where he did that, He didn't. The Bible didn't say he did. He knelt to his face and he said, my Lord and my God. 
And then Jesus said the thing to us about blessed are those who uh, believe and haven't seen. But he, the point that I make is Jesus didn't dog him out. He came to him and offered him what he said he needed, didn't he? He did. He said, here it is. If this is what it takes, I will meet you where you live. I will come to you. I will meet you on your level. I will. I will. I, I did it with Mary, and when they were throwing stones at her, I, I not only defended her. I got down on her level, and I wrote in the dirt right next to her. I changed my position. I met her where she was, and I I did it not only for them, but I did it for her. And I'm doing it now for him. I'm meeting him where he's at, and I believe God does that. And I believe He will meet me where I'm at. And I believe the moment that happens, that's when the submission will come. I mean, I'm not going to hold out and say, I need to stick my hands in your side. Oh, I need to follow through with what I said. Immediately, um, there's going to be this full submission. And it may happen regardless. And and please hear me. Please hear me. I feel like I need to defend myself to you, uh, the listener. Um, I No, you know what? I won't. Because like I said... Here's my only disclaimer. I believe God and I are cool. And I believe he is cool with where I'm at. And I believe we're on a journey together. And if I died today, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that my soul would be in heaven. I still believe that Jesus is a solution for the problems of this world, that he came and he died and he resurrected. And that belief will save mankind if they would only uh, commit and believe to that and submit to it. Um, in many ways, I am submitted, but as far as I don't want to slip back into old habits, you hear me? I want to stay away from the relationship that I had, and I want to hold out for something new, and we're taking it slow to go back to the dating analogy that I used so graphically earlier. Um, we're taking it slow. So there we are. There's your disclaimer. There's my defense. Um, so, so far, just to recap, podcasting, making money, doing what I love, helping David in a ministry capacity, being good with God. And then lastly, self-control. If, if there's a lot of good things that you guys love about me, the parts that you don't know about are the fact that I have absolutely no self-control. I eat, I, I, I try to lose weight. I lost 30 pounds on Nutrisystem. It was way too expensive. I quit. Um, and I'm I'm probably currently gaining weight. I'm too afraid to get on a on a scale. But I'm a fat guy, and I'm skinnier than I was. But you know, if I keep going the way I'm going, I'm going to be big again, really big. And I don't want that because you can't ride roller coasters when you're really really big unless you go to Disney World and they have those big seats. Um, but also time management. And and you say James, you're being too hard on yourself. You've, you're coming out of depression. Yeah, but even before that, I had I had struggles with time management. Now, granted, I had the energy to work on it and I, I use getting things done, um, you know, note cards and things to keep me going. But, uh, even then I was apt to waste time, very passion driven and not always good passions. And it makes me mad. And it's one of the things I need help with. Um, you know, and I think that is a, a mental and spiritual issue. It's not something I can take medicine for. There's no cop out that I can rely on and say, you know, oh, it's, you know, it's just the way my brain works. And I believe that. I am I am predisposed to not having good self-discipline, but one of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control. Um, it happens to be the last one, 
And if they're cumulative, like like Yoda says, you know, love leads to peace or joy, peace, patience, kindness, you know, gentleness, faithfulness, gentle. Oh, I got them. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Okay, I can do it, but Yoda can't apparently. Uh, if if they're cumulative, which I kind of believe they are, then it is it is the last one on the list, and it's on the way. Um, but there are some people, and you you know them. Maybe you're one of them that is just self controlled as crap. My wife is like that. She may slip up here and there and gain a pound or two, but then she's right back on it. You know, and she's she's running and she's exercising and she's doing all these different things. I'm not that guy, but I would love, and it's not all about exercise and, and losing weight, but I would love to be in control of my desires and my passions. I would love to be able to look at a piece of cake and say, no, I would love to be that guy who can, you know, look at things constant consistently. I do have my moments, but consistently look at something that needs to be done and, and get it done, you know, instead of procrastinating or, or those kinds of deals. So, uh, Time management is definitely one of the things. So there, there's my life plan. It's not real comprehensive. It's not, you know, five years in the future, 10 years in the future. It is day by day. This is as close as I get to not worrying about tomorrow because tomorrow will take care of itself. Worrying about right now and what I can be doing right now. I hope you guys enjoyed that. And, um, you know, what, is, what are your thoughts? Where, where are you at with your life? Um, I'd love to hear that kind of stuff. James at NLCast.com. And anything you think I should add to my bucket list, maybe you know me better than I know myself. And you're like, you know what? I, I did this thing and James needs to do it. And uh, I'll add it to the list, man. I'm, I'm up for grabs, man. Anything. I, need, I just thought of something. I need to take my wife to uh, Hawaii. I just need to figure out a way to do that because she, she's always wanted to go. So anyway, it's time for some emails. And this one's from Zane. If you remember, Zane's the one that said, I don't remember what I wanted to email you about. So, you know, here's, here's just an email. So he says, I remembered what I wanted to say in my email a few days ago. Thank you. I've been listening to various NLCast shows for five years now. And while I've always enjoyed them, they now have an even greater meaning to me. I work overnight shift at a 911 center as a dispatcher. So I constantly spend my nights steeped in all of the ugly, scary, disturbing, and generally negative things of everyday life. However, to keep myself on the upside, I have been re-listening to the archive of old episodes. Now I listen to a lot of podcasts regularly, ranging from educational to short fiction to actual play D&D shows, but none lift me up like NLCast and its sibling shows. They don't feel like something made just to entertain me. They feel like I'm sitting down among friends and having a good time with good company. Now that we're done with the gushy stuff, see, I should have never said anything because everybody's going to feel like they have to disclaim. Now that I'm done with the gushy stuff, onto the gross stuff. In answer to your question about feeling around scars, you you recall I, I cut my finger and I'm worried that I'm not going to have my feelings back in my thumb or my finger. She says, I cut my left thumb open down to the bone on a table saw accident about six or seven years ago. He sent me a picture too, people. Oh, don't do that. <laughs> unless you really want to. Um, I did not get stitches because duct tape was a cheaper option. See, that's what I wanted to do. So I have a rather large two-part scar across the pad of my thumb. I have no feeling in that area at all, the scar area. Um, It won't change your fingerprints, though, because they will regrow over the scar, Zane. And that is the amazing part. I never, man, the human body is amazing. And it blows my mind because I, I, you know, mentioned, am I going to have to change my iPhone 
you know, finger settings. And he claims no, because your fingerprints will grow over the scar. That's crazy. You would think it would change your fingerprints. It doesn't, at least as far as Zane says. And Zane's a doctor, right? No, he's not. Okay, well, we'll see. I will update you because as soon as his finger's better, I'm going to try it out on the iPhone and we'll see what the iPhone says because the iPhone's a doctor, right? Okay, Chris writes, um, he says, and this was on Facebook. I have actually remembered to go in there and grab it out of, uh, out of the comments and, and post it. So he says, uh, Chris says, I listened to RSB, which is uh, red school bus. I, wow. He says, awesome. Especially for in a first episode. Great job. He said, I pledged on GOK. I pledged to GOK on Patreon. Did you get it? And the answer to that is yes, I did. Also, any way I can get the album art for uh, red school bus and my podcaster, it's, uh, it's like a little plug thing right now. Thanks, brother. So glad to hear you podcasting again. I know you don't like people to gush. See, I made people self-conscious, but it's hard not to. You've had such a profound effect, uh, impact on my life. Last couple of years, you've been have been super difficult for me as well, and I couldn't have got through it without you and the big JC. I, I think that's Jesus Christ or James Campbell, my childhood friend, but you don't know him. Um, you're doing God's work. Thanks for everything. I will write in a story for Red School Bus. Is that allowed since I'm not a tween? LOL, Chris. And it is allowed, especially if you write a story um, about your childhood. We love those. Um, we're going to call that segment back in the day when grownups write in stories about their uh, their childhood. So should be fun, man. Anything entertaining is going to be welcome on the show. But thanks so much. It still blows my mind that people uh, claim... <laughs> that uh, what I do here on a microphone affects their life. It, it is something that my brain has a very hard time wrapping its head around because my brain has its own head apparently. Uh, but I'm glad it does. I'm glad it does. It's just a hobby. And um, I don't want to minimize it because people say it really affects them. And I appreciate that, but it's just, it's hard for me to accept. <laughs> But I believe you, and I'm I'm grateful. That's why it's hard for me to respond to these things uh, in email because uh, it means so much, though. It really does. When I get these things, it makes my day. It really, really does. It helps me to realize that there is something beyond what I think um, and that God can use me even in my broken state, maybe even especially in my broken state. So Michael says, hey, James, a couple of weeks ago you asked longtime silent listeners to get in touch. So here is that. I would have emailed you sooner, but I only noticed the other day that there were new GOK episodes. He says, I'm 25 years old. I live in Grand Rapids, Michigan. I've been a listener since Scott Johnson was a guest on Nobody's Listening back in 2007. Man, it's been that long. That's crazy. I don't have much of a story to share, except that your shows have brought a smile to my face on many occasions. Do you guys realize that was 10 years ago? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I just wanted to say, I think you're awesome. Thank you for the years of entertainment. Glad you're podcasting again and wish you the best, Michael. Thank you, Michael. That was awesome. I appreciate it. And I think I'm awesome too. I'm just kidding. Totally. That's probably the reason why I have such a hard time believing you people is uh, my, my, my impression of myself is not very, my opinion of myself is not very high. So um, I appreciate it. I really, 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 really do. Um, so that's it. That's it for today, man. We got the, yeah, yeah, we did. We, uh, depression updates, which is always real fun. 
and uplifting. We did some MMDs. We talked about the life list. Uh, that's what I'm going to call it. That's what the episode is going to be called. Life list, not life plan. Maybe, maybe. Uh, I don't know. But um, check us out online. Um, you can go to jameskennison.com and you can not only see this podcast, but you can see some of the art projects that I've done. You can go back in an archive of uh, Help, I'm a Children's Pastor. The Made My Day archive is there. Um, you can check that out. Um, also, there is an NLCast master feed that I'll mention. It's at NLCast.com. Click on all episodes and you'll be able to find a link there that you can manually enter into your podcaster and you'll get every single episode that we put out that, that is new, um, up to a hundred deep. So you'll, you'll not only get the most recent GOKs and the red school bus episodes, but you'll also, um, until they get bumped down the bottom, you'll get also the, the last hundred from that story show from movie Beatdown, uh, whatever we happen to be doing at the time. So check that out. Also, I'm going to mention Patreon one more time, and then I'm going to commit to only mentioning it once every four episodes. So once a month, if you um, have enjoyed this show, you owe me nothing. But if you enjoy the show and want to help out, Patreon is the way to do it. Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash G-O-K is a way that you can commit to giving, you know, a dollar a show. Uh, there, there are no rewards this time. It's just simply out of the kindness of your heart. You want to support what I'm doing financially and it helps. It goes into buying new, uh, uh, well, I need a computer. My computer is old and it is showing itself. It's acting up. And my even, and my backup computer that is like seven years old is finally dead. This one needs to move into that slot. I need a new one so that I can continue to do what I do artwork wise, uh, podcasting wise. That's what I'm saving up for now. And GOK is going to pay for that. It is a great way for you to help me out. So that is my pitch. Patreon.com slash GOK. Dollar an episode, two bucks an episode. Some people did three. Some folks are doing five. And that blows my mind. Um, I'll be sure to thank you on Facebook. And here and there, I I don't mind dropping things out uh, just for patrons. But um, my my stance on Patreon is, is... I never like giving extra stuff away to patrons. And here's why not because I don't think you're worth it, but because I don't want to be the guy that leaves people out. And and there's so many folks that want to give and can't, and that deserves extra content too. Do you feel me on that? Um, I don't want to be exclusive and leave folks out. So it's one of those things where if I produce new stuff and extra stuff, I want everybody to be able to enjoy it. And if there's folks that are going to give, they're going to give regardless of the rewards anyway. Um, and maybe there'll be a couple of things. I don't know. But I'm not real good at uh, being exclusive. So <laughs> I want everybody to be able to. Maybe it's from years of working in the other city. And I realize there's lots of people that want to do things that they're not capable or able to do at the time. And I don't want to leave people out. So I know it's going to ultimately hurt me to a certain extent because People that would have paid or, or you know, contributed won't uh, because they don't have to. But uh, that's just how I roll. So there's your Patreon pitch for, uh, for April. No, May. <laughs> and we'll see you guys in, uh, in June for the next one. Um, so thank you so much to my patrons. And thank you for, you know, folks like Mike, not Michael, Zane, uh, not Zane, uh, Chris. 
Thanks, Chris, for 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 submitting and all the other Patreon supporters. Um, I'll see you guys next time right here on GOK. Thanks for listening. Remember, any comments, thoughts, feelings, emails, topic suggestions, things you want to hear me ramble about. If you have any questions that you want answered on the show, you want to get my opinion on certain things, whether they be topics or even personal things, send those things to James at nlcast.com. N as in nobody, L as in listening, cast, C-A-S-T. And uh, we'll make sure we get it on the show. See you guys later. Thanks. Bye.